Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 272 of Sack Kings Therapy. The Kings are on a five-game winning streak. Uh, once again, this is not the first time this season. It's an incredible thing to say. But yes, they beat the Clippers at home 128 to 127. Now, of course, not the absolute insanity that was 176 to 175, but a pretty high-scoring game nonetheless. And with me to talk about it, Paul. Hello. All right, let's let's start with kind of just how the ending sequence of that game uh, kind of was. So Paul George cuts across the cuts across the uh, lane, gets a three. Uh, then the Kings come to take the lead. But by the way, under one minute, uh, Sabonis or Malik Monk comes back on the other end. Or so Fox comes back on the other end. He's getting double teamed um, as soon as he crosses half court. Now he passes the Malik Monk who. Finds the bonus for a layup. Uh, Kings take the lead back. On the next possession, uh, Paul George drives down a lane for a beautiful high off the glass layup. Uh, Fox misses a mid range on the other side. The, um, the Clippers get the rebound. They they actually uh, commit a eight second violation, but the refs don't call it. The refs were pretty bad this game. And but uh, Eric Gordon throws it to Russ, who jumps in the air. And the ball just flies through his hands, just, just in just the in just the thing where you're just like, of course that happened, type thing. Uh, the Kings come back the other end. Fox uh, misses another mid range, but Demontis Sabonis um, gets fouled by Robert Covington. They actually call it. Sabonis goes to the line, down one, hits the first, hits the second. And Paul George misses a three on the other end to win to give the games give the game to the Kings. Pretty spectacular finish, but we gotta probably start with just Russ. Look, I know it's a Kings podcast. That this is just the topic on my mind. To live by the Westbrook, to die by the Westbrook, as uh, Wa puts it. He was good this game. He was actually probably the reason why the why the um, Clippers were in it. Like he legitimately was. You know, a driving force. He was talking all the shit. He was doing. He was making all the right plays. There were there were not a lot of like really rust plays. He blew a few layups. You know, had one or two bad passes, but overall, I thought he was good. Yeah, I say so myself because it seemed like we let him, you know, get by at times. But I mean, he does. He may do the rust things, but he does hit his shots, uh, especially with the Clippers now. <laughs> but. uh yeah, I mean, all his assists and, you know, um, well, besides his defense, he was really good offensively uh, when he's ever on the floor. Yeah, like, and, you know, he didn't take bad shots, I felt. Like, you know, the Kings, I thought, honestly, did a pretty bad job on him, to be honest, because, like, Harrison did the right thing by just sagging off of him and just give and just giving him whatever jump shot he wants. De'Aaron Fox would be on him for some reason. And he would get blown by by Russ easily. I thought they did a pretty bad job of defending him, but also like on kickout passes where, you know, the defense is just not going to close out on him. He knows that and immediately in very Draymond Green fashion finds the open man and did it very well this game. So all the credits of Russ for this game, but the Clippers die by the Westbrook at the end. Yeah, if it weren't for that play, I not going to lie we had a pretty high chance of losing, I would say, because 
what led up to this point was like we just couldn't hit a shot um Clippers were on a roll in terms of their offensive end and yeah it would have ended pretty uh sadly I guess you could say and the Kings led for much of this game and pretty much led for the entire game we were up double digits like midway through the fourth quarter but and we were also in the bonus at 843 and I have it in my notes here in perfect Kings fashion we start jacking threes yeah it's it's so weird because we were in bonus for like the first what three four minutes of the quarter fourth quarter and we never decided to draw that many fouls afterwards to you know benefit for the bonus so i mean i don't know maybe uh they were afraid that the rest might not call any of their fouls or whatnot and it'll end up with a score on the other end but i mean i felt like we should have you know attempted to draw more fouls to our benefit look don't get me wrong the refs were bad this game but like you gotta attack the basket you just have to just stop settling for like quick trigger threes there were a few trey lyles ones that i did, really didn't like like there was one where he kind of fumbled ball and then gathered them just to try to shoot over somebody and those are the kinds of threes that i kind of get annoyed by like sure if you're what if you're open off ball movement sure if if you're like trailing and you just happen to be open for three, why not? But uh, just attack the basket, man. Like they they let the Clippers back in, and the, yeah, they just had they had to give us, you know, car- cardiac arrest. <laughs> the cardiac kings like make their appearance, and you know they get kind of bailed out towards the end. But you know what? Ultimately, a win is a win. Oh yeah, especially since uh, how many games have they lost now? Ever this since- will be five in a row. Man, five in a row for the Clippers and five for us in the win. Huh. And then, like, here's the thing with the Clippers. I'm sorry if we're going on about the Clippers a little too long. We'll, we'll get to the cage. Don't worry. But, like, all of these losses, at least, like, most of these losses have been close losses. Like, it started out with the 176-175. That was a one-point game. And then in Denver, that went into overtime. And then the next game, I think Minnesota, if I'm – yeah, Minnesota – like, that was a pretty close game. They have kind of fell apart down the stretch a little bit. But, like, that was a very close game. One or two plays, they could definitely win that game. The Warriors, they were up double digits and just got got destroyed. It was, it was a terrible game to watch. If I were a Clipper fan, I would have wanted to choke Paul George for how he played during that game. <laughs> like, you motherfucker is, oh, like, one for ten from three, and he keeps shooting threes. Just, ugh, just awful stuff. Um. And then this game, yeah, very close game. Like, it's unfortunate. I don't know what to make of them. Like, Kawhi not playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Paul George playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Norman Powell's injured. Marcus Morris Sr. is telling people to fuck off with his hat. Like, I I, I don't know. I don't know what what to make of this team. But they're on on a bit of a slump. The Kings are on, you know, trending up. Although this one was shaky. You got to pick. You're going to have to pick it up tomorrow night against uh, Minnesota. But ultimately, a win's a win, and Kings, five in a row. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't wait for the Minnesota game because it seems like so far, I guess you could say, uh, we've been good on the second uh, game of the night uh, back-to-back. So, And uh, Kings beat a team on the second night of a back-to-back. They literally just played the Warriors last night, and I don't know why they make it make it like this, but like they just are very bad against teams on the second night of a back-to-back. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is, but luckily we got this uh, win 
and it wasn't you know a sad ending so hopefully we could uh pay it back for uh minnesota uh paul paul george was like the other guy that was really good robert covington also had a really good game like despite not playing he just he was just kind of there and he hit a he needed some big threes to get the uh get the clippers back in him but paul george i'm surprised he only took 16 shots it felt like he took more and he only had 20 not only 28 points but he was the he was the other guy and you know like he he's a star and you know he's gonna do star you know not superstar shit but he is he does do star shit yeah i mean he hit a big free towards the end like you said uh when you were explaining the sequence yeah big free to get the clippers back up and I don't know. I mean, without the rusting, it would have it just fell apart for them. Really, uh, I felt like they played a pretty good offense and like really good defense against us. But it just so happened that Russ had to do Russ again. Live by the Russ, die by the Russ. Okay, uh, now to the Kings. Sabonis had his kind of customary 23 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. Again, had the game-winning free throws. Kings, 26 of 26 from the free throw line tonight. Yeah, that's that's also a surprising thing. I, I, thought, I swore we missed one, but I guess not. Yeah, so very good, very good night for Sabonis. Just kind of did his thing. He kind of overpowers the the Clippers defense. Now, I like I, one of my concerns with Sabonis is I don't know if he can do this in the playoffs, but against the Clippers, like if they, especially if they don't have Zubac, like he can really go to work against these guys. Like they're just too small for him. And I just wish like they ran the Malik um, Sabonis pick and roll more because they have like really good chemistry. Oh, yeah. And going with Malik now, I mean, he didn't have a great, you know, offensive game today, uh, like, you know, last week. But I mean, pretty much half his plays, I would, or half his assists, sorry, were just that Sabonis and Malik connection. And, you know, it was really nice to see. And like, like you said, they should run it a lot more, I feel. Yeah, 4.8 assists for Malik. Like, despite not scoring, like, just really good at set, setting guys up. And just, he has the flair for the pick and roll. He just does. Mm-hmm. Um, Davion Mitchell, I thought he was really good. I wish he played more, like most other games. Like, you know, just only got 15 minutes, but he I thought he was effective. He had a few possessions on Russ, like, that just really <laughs> kind of shit. He really frustrated the hell out of Russ for a few possessions. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. What, why do you think? Uh, I don't know. What, what, why? Why do you think uh, Davion's not getting enough minutes? Just too small for uh, some of the shots. He he's De'Aaron's backup, and unfortunately, like there are issues with, on offense when he plays. Like he's he's not a good shooter. Like yeah, I I I kind of like I kind of got myself to believe that he was a good shooter last year, and that could improve. But this is just not his year, and it's tough for him too because. Because he plays so little minutes, it's hard for him to get rhythm. And you know, it is what it is. He he's out. He's still out there grinding. He's still playing great defense, so he's not sulking about it. But you know, it like he's got to be able to find his shot quicker. I don't know how he's going to do that with limited minutes. But you know, like he he makes the most of his um, he makes the most of his minutes, and you know, like he's not complaining. So all the credit in the world to him. Oh yeah. Trey Lyles, um, 10 points, 8 rebounds. Pretty good night for him. Again, I just don't love some of the threes he takes, but it is what it is. He's earned it with some of just how well he plays, how hard he plays. 
Yeah, and he's real. He was really aggressive on the defensive end, especially because uh, of uh, PG when uh, he was out there. But uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, again another good game. I'm gonna jump around a little bit, but like you know, you talk about aggressive on PG, like Keegan Murray. There is a there is something with him and Paul George. He <laughs> ups the intensity. He ups like the physicality. Whenever he plays against Paul George, I remember in the first game we played against the Clippers, when Paul George was absolutely going off, and like Harrison Barnes, like could like didn't guard, couldn't guard him, like you know they put Davion on him, but then they put Keegan Murray on him. Murray was just physical. He's like making him work. He's he's there's something with that matchup, and he seems to be re- he seems to bother Paul George quite a bit too because. Paul George didn't have a great shooting night. He had an okay shooting night, but he made him work for it. And yeah, well, this matchup will be interesting going forward. Yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, four for nine from three. So like he he did his thing, but you know, personally, I just would like to see him take more shots. Yeah, it's also kind of weird. They sat him out in the was it end of the fourth quarter as well. Kind yeah, of ex- they needed defense and they needed shot making. And or like shot creation and like it's something out for Malik, but on the final possessions, yeah, they went with Trey Lyles just for a little bit more stability. But you know, he he played very well this game. Make no mistake, Mur- mm. Murray did. Oh yeah, uh, De'Aaron Fox, customary again. Just you know, th- this is this is the next evolution of his game. They're literally trapping him in half court, treating him like James Harden now. Like that's the level he's gotten to, and like. I like to see the Kings figure this out. It wasn't great when he trapped, when he got trapped. Although there were some moments where honestly, like when Russell Westbrook was his primary defender, like the trap would come and Russ would, or Fox would go the other way that the other way that Russ is going. And Russ would just give up some pretty awful effort from Russ mm-hmm. on those possessions. But Yes, this is the next evolution of of uh, De'Aaron's game that he's going to have to figure out. They are going to trap him anytime anytime they get and get the ball out of his hands. And I thought the Kings did not handle it very well. There were a few possessions where De'Aaron was still able to score, but they need to figure this out. Like you got to flash the bonus to like the, to like the free throw line and then have someone cut to the basket. But I, you know, Mike Brown will figure that out. But you know, this is the next evolution. This is what he's going to see in the playoffs, and he's he's gotten to that level now. That he's you're he's basically you know doing the my player thing in 2k where after you you know you up your stats you start getting double teamed at half court that's just how it works yeah and this is also i want to say his fifth consecutive or was it eighth i i forgot the number it might be he eighth scored. he's been he's been scoring th- well he scored 33 this game so th- 30 points again mm-hmm. um yeah he's he's continuing that streak right now yeah just a just leveling it up really right after all-star break especially uh kevin herter had a rough game just because of foul trouble three fouls uh, in the first in the first like under first three minutes yeah. <laughs> pretty incredible stuff again refs were just we off this game i did not like the refs this game um but only ended with four fouls so didn't really matter but didn't play a lot of minutes but was six for nine like three for four from three he was effective and again i will always say this about him, sneaky good finisher around the rim yeah it's it's a kind of he's kind of the guy that i wish we saw him play more uh regardless if he had you know three fouls coming into second or third quarter i mean he he was really effective on the offensive end and he was hitting his <laughs> threes for once uh so uh i think 
hopefully he keeps up this rhythm for you know the future games yeah but we'll see we'll see how it goes but like i thought he was good and you know we're you know interesting enough i don't know if the status true i saw this on king's twitter apparently the so De'Aaron, i think like shoots a, like i want to say almost 80 per, like 60 something percent in, in the paint it's like one of the highest in the league mm-hmm. up there with him kevin herter mm. Again, he doesn't for, he doesn't like force anything, and he's got really sneaky good touch around the rim. Like he had this one drive where he had this weird floater, like floating out of bounds, like at a just a weird weird angle. So like yeah, sneaky good finisher just finds a way to contribute even if his shot is, isn't going down. And you know his shot was going down, and he was incredibly effective this game. Just you know got he did get torched a little bit on defense, which was why he didn't play as much, and the foul trouble did did affect him. Yeah, like I said, what you call it? If if he isn't hitting the free, we would love to see him more inside the paint. And to finish it off, Harrison Barnes, I thought had a really good game. Like, got to the free throw line a lot this game, mm-hmm. and yeah, got seven rebounds. Like that that's a that's a big deal. Like him getting rebounds, just helping out Sabonis, that's big. Yeah, definitely going to give back the title of Mister Reliable. I feel uh, after you know seeing him in the past, I want to say. 20-ish games he's been pretty reliable he's been good like you know like whenever they need someone to step up like he's there and that, that's a good thing mm-hmm. okay um all right so that's gonna be it for the game there are some other topics i want to quickly talk about uh mike brown wins a uh, coach of the month first one since uh you guessed it from 2004 Keep going, keep, keep going back to that year since rick adelman and before that gary st john Gary St. Jean, Gary St. John. I think it's Jean, but I yeah. Jean, Jean sounds cooler. I don't know. Jeez, that's oh, I, no. eh, now that you mention it. Because it it's sounds French, about right? right. It's French, right? I don't know. I don't know. I I I don't it, was that during what the 80s or 90s of the Kings? I want to say the 80s. So, yeah, I, I don't know that far into King's history, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. Um, anyways, uh, co- so uh, there's a really cool video where uh, Luke Laux actually, like, calls all the coaches in, um, basically saying, basically, like, using, the, throw a surprise party for Coach Brown. Oh. And basically, like, he, <laughs> the ruse was that he, uh, he basically said, yeah, we got to talk about this one player. I, I forgot who they said, but, yeah, we got to talk. So they come back, they have a meeting. And then they tur- and then they kind of uncover like the coach of the month stuff and they congratulate them. Like the the Kings have knocked it out of the park with these things as of late. Like the G Man stuff was incredible, and now you got this Mike Brown stuff. It's just they were really showing a lot of love, just a lot, just all the good vibes right now. Yeah, especially how the culture has been built up to this point. I mean, it's it's crazy how much love is being spread around the Kings organization. Yeah, and you know, like this, like, like you know, causation is not or correlation is not causation. There's a lot of correlation with with that and just leading to winning, and you know, the winning like you know feeds into the good vibes, and you know, it becomes a circle of joy, if you will. And right now, like, it's it's been like we've suffered enough to like have <laughs> earned a season like this, and just all the good vibes of the season, all the good happenings. Just it's been it's been wonderful to see, and again, just credit credit to the Kings for doing this. 
Yeah, and definitely, in my opinion, the front runner for Coach of the Year, in my opinion, because yeah, it's, like, sorry, go ahead. Because uh, I, I was just gonna say because it's just been crazy how much we've uh, been, you know, I guess you could say this down, and all of a sudden come up this highway and you know continue playing at this high level, thinking that you know we just uh, what you call it, just the thought of not being this high is just crazy enough to me i mean like he turned around the sacramento kings he turned around the sacramento kings i'm gonna say one more time he turned around <laughs> the sacramento kings like there has been one period where this team saw any success any kind of like relevant team success and like we keep referring back to that era there's only been one coach that's ever made it make it make it works since before Mike Brown, that was Rick Adelman. And, you know, 16 years of just drag of just this cloud that's been hanging like above us. And the fact that he's able to kind of overcome it. And we saw many moments this season where this team like, oh, shit, here we go again. There's that meme again. But he was able to kind of, you know, like gather the troops together and, you know, credit to the players for also like, you know, getting out of that rut, too. But like, you know, there is an undoubtable, like he was the he was one of the catalysts, the main catalyst for this team turning it around. And yes, he 100 percent should be the front runner. He turned around the Sacramento Kings. That should be on the award. You know, that should just be in the Hall of Fame. Like <laughs> that's what like he, he like just literally the, the reason why he's being inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. He turned around the Sacramento Kings. Oh, man, I remember didn't. And I remember you saying like way before this season started that if Mike Brown took us to the playoffs, we should build a statue right in front of the arena. I, I feel like that statue needs to be gilded gold at this point because of how great he's doing. You know what? Just like instead of the beam, just shoot something. Shoot like a Mike Brown mural or something into the sky. I don't know. Like, yeah. like, the, bat, like the Batman symbol. I don't know. <laughs> so, something like that. Like he deserves something for turning this thing around. Yeah, I don't think the city would allow that, to be honest. <laughs> I think pushing the beam is already good enough. Well, they got to do something for Mike Brown. That's oh, for yeah. damn sure. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Fox, unfortunately, did not win player of the month. Uh, Jokic won it because he averaged a fucking triple-double because he's a monster. But, you know, like, Fox was right there, and he had a great month. But, you know, unfortunately, he didn't win. But, you know what? Just keep, focus, focus on winning games, and the war will come to you at some point. Oh yeah, pretty much. I'm actually whatchamacallit. Do they even say like who would be the second, third, fourth? Et they say runner ups, but I don't I don't know if they ranked them or not. Hmm. Let me guess the runner up was Dame. Probably. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a good shout. I mean they haven't won shit, but you know. Yeah. I mean Dame with seventy one that one game. I mean <laughs> against the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It, it was kind of funny. I think in the post game, I think a lot of pe- I think people were asking why Steven Silas didn't play Shangun. And I think he just said, Dame had 71. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> he, was, he, was eating, he was eating Shangun a lot. And by the way, it's not like they won. It was a blowout, but it wasn't like a 20-point blowout. It, it, was, it was single digits at some points while he was going off. Uh, yeah, that team was not good. Yeah, I mean, Rockers will find their way to uh, hopefully get, uh, whatchamacallit, 
uh, women y'all. I don't know why my mindset went uh, Chet Holmgren. This is probably a take I'll say for another podcast. They might, they probably should resign James Harden and consolidate some of those young guys into something else because it, it, it's a mess over there. I, I just I don't know if they should continue this. Like, you know, logic would say just tank it out and hope you hope you get a star out of some out of one of these guys, but. I don't know, man. Like the culture there, like it, it's too young. Like they, they you don't have, yeah, you're, you're going to have to consolidate the, some of the young guys in the vets because they, they're, it's directionless over there right now. Mm. But yeah. It, it, anyways, um, so, uh, another thing I just want to quickly bring up, uh, I forgot who brought this up. I wish I would credit it. It might be Brendan Nunez or Will Z, but uh, King starters have logged uh, 702 minutes together, leading the league. Do you want to guess how many minutes number two is in terms of like minutes? So you said 706? 702. Oh, 702. And uh, second runner? Ooh. It, it doesn't have to be a start. It just has to be a five-man lineup. But it, I think it is a starting lineup. So uh, I'm going to guess like 650. I'm going to guess a little lower. I believe it's the Hawks. Uh, 527. Ooh. That's even lower than I thought. And the Kings starters are like, they have a really good net rating. I forgot to write it down, but they have a very good net rating. But yeah, like it just shows you like this, this Kings team, like sure. You can say like luck. They've been very, very healthy, but also they don't low manage. That's another thing that like, isn't talked about. Like, you know, Fox sat out a few games because of injury. But like Sabonis has a broken thumb and he's not sitting out any games. Keegan Murray actually had a similar uh, injury to Sabonis on his offhand, but they didn't never they just never really talked about it. And you know Barnes is probably dealing with something. Like De'Aaron seems like he's constantly dealing with stuff. Like this team, like they don't low manage and like they play together. They 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 play to win the, in the regular season, and it really does show the stats. Yeah, I mean it's pretty surprising, and I hope that we don't start thinking about loan management in the future. But, I mean, knock on wood, we don't get any of those big injuries that we, uh, whatchamacallit, have nightmares about. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? It, it Like, just, we, sh- we should really appreciate the players, like, that, you know, play every single game, you know, just, like, go balls to the wall. And, like, they know what the goal is this season. It is to make the playoffs. And if you're going to – and. If you're going to be sitting out, that decreases your chances, and the players know this, and they're not they're not going to deal with that bullshit. They're they're going to play. Mm-hmm. They want to do it for the city. They want to do it like for Coach Brown. They want to do it for each other. It's just the vibes of this team. It's it's immaculate. Oh yeah, stealing <laughs> this word from somebody. I couldn't think of another word. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, like I said, can't wait for the playoffs because it's going to be. It's going to be crazy, especially for those home games. Okay. Um, ending on ending at least this section on a bit of a sour note. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, who uh, was out for, with a non-COVID illness. I'm pretty sure it isn't related to what I'm about to talk about right now. But Rashawn is suing the SAC B for defamation for basically the incident last year where they had an opinion piece come out about domestic violence uh, accusations uh, um, that he basically of him of him and his son mm-hmm. and so he's suing them for defamation 
And let me see, let me pull up the Chris Haynes tweet. But like, I remember the deep, like some of the details is that they, he is suing them for almost knowingly like publishing, like not fake information, but misleading information. So he, here it is. Rashad Holmes, Sacramento Kings forward, Rashad Holmes is suing Sacramento Bee and staffers for defamation over five individual articles that were published alleging defendants intentionally and maliciously published claims of child and domestic abuse by Mr. Holmes despite easily accessible evidence to the contrary via public court filings, according to attorney uh, Camille Vasquez. I'm not sure who that is, but that's his attorney. Yeah, uh, God. Yeah, I remember that article actually because it was—I mean, it was talked about. A it lot. was, it was bad. Yeah, and uh, what you call after you know he was queered with everything and whatnot. I mean, it, it just made that uh, whoever wrote the article—I forget, but uh, I remember her name. I, I'm not gonna out her name just because. No. Honestly, I don't want people going after her. And look, look, it was, it, it, it was, it was a, it was, a, it was a bad article. We'll cut. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. But. Yeah. yeah, I mean, let's hope it comes, uh, you know, Rashawn, I, I don't know. I mean, Rashawn, I feel like we'll win it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just a bad situation right now for the Sacramento B. So, like, I actually looked on the online reception to this, and it's actually very, like, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly for Rashawn Holmes. Which I was surprised because, like, domestic violence stuff, like, st like really sticky situations like this, usually you get a mixed reaction at best. But overwhelmingly, like, they're going for Rashawn. And, you know, like, you might say, well, it's because they love him. They love him. He's the player and he's the heart. He was the heart and soul of this team. No, that's actually not the case. Like, I, I saw the reaction to this when it first came out. And it was a lot of people kind of not threw Rashawn under the bus, but like, just kind of distanced themselves from him and he you know credit to like um james ham like this art the original article actually broke out when when they espn 1320 was on air and he he rightfully called it out this was an opinion piece and Man. like like the the opinion piece like you should not be breaking this kind of news in an opinion piece and you should not like bring up essentially what in, in the article if you actually read it was like the the um the uh, god damn it uh the writer like basically accused them or like she she basically like wrote out the charges and then set like alleging domestic violence uh of on Rashawn Holmes and then also said I stand I believe the the mother basically accusing uh Rashawn Holmes of domestic violence like right there like you know James Ham, like on the air, like said, as a journalist, you really shouldn't do that. You really, you need to state the objective facts. So right there, like in terms of like just journalism, it was actually really badly handled. And like, this is the, this is the thing that really bothered me about this. Like, you know, ultimately uh, Rashawn was able to kind of clear his name. Like the, the information that um, he's suing over, again, was all readily available. And, and what that means was the information like the court had actually like ruled against the mother already in in i think la court it, it was in california i forgot if it was in la or not but they had ruled against the mother and actually ordered her to return the child to rashawn 
But then she took the child to she took the child to, to Georgia, and then she tried to basically do go through the Georgia courts, and they ultimately kind of like threw the threw the court case out and ordered her to return the child, her um, Rashawn's um, baby boy, back to Rashawn. So like that stuff was actually available, and the Kings actually even sent that information over to. Uh, over to um what's it called sack b and then they just didn't publish it so that's what they're suing over right now and like um <clears throat> james ham like he did he did he did his investigative journalism on this and like he actually went through the court order, order and everything like he he actually broke the news like he essentially cleared uh rashawn's name but the ultimate effect of this like around the league like rashawn's rashawn's reputation took a huge hit so this is like something, it, it was like legitimately something that actually hurt him um, at, at his reputation and, you know, for better or for worse, affected his trade value. And, you know, I think he rightfully should be suing the SAC B, honestly. I mean, all I can say is Jesus, because you just, re you just remind me of how bad the situation was. Oh, man, it, it, it's been over a year, hasn't it? It's been over. It came out like right around this time. Yeah, I remember he he was going to be out for the rest of the season due to personal issues, and then that article comes out, essentially like trying to expose him. And again, the, the like whether you whether or not you still like stand on with Rashawn or his wife, there is no doubt that they definitely affected his reputation. And you know if if it is all true, and it seems like it is, like it was reported by James Ham. Like they sat on the information that was readily available and never, you know, never published a rebuttal. Like that's really bad. Again, you hurt the man's reputation. You really did. Ah, man. Well, hopefully, you know, Rashawn gets his uh, money because, yeah, I don't, I don't know how <laughs> Zach B is going to survive after all this. Not, not gonna lie, I haven't used Zach B in a while, so I don't know how their writing is, but. I mean, after hearing how they wrote about Rashawn, it's yeah, it's it's not great. Look, I'm not gonna throw Sack B under the bus just because of like you know, I don't even want to say a bad actor. One really, really bad incident, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I like as as you say, like I'm I'm the same boat as you. I've not read Sack B for a while, so I don't know if they're any good. But like it, it, it was pretty inexcusable what they did. Again, it hurt the man's reputation. It, it hurt the family. It really did. And just, you know, it, it was just a very badly handled situation. And R Rashad is right to, to sue Sackby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's hope he gets that money. Like I said. Well, yeah. Like let's just win. Let's just hope justice prevails at the end. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh. So I. Unfortunately, was not able to watch the game, but Fong was able to. So how we're going to do this, uh, I did catch the highlights and I was on Twitter the entire time. So I have a few questions for you, Fong, and you're going to answer them for me. OK, all right. So uh, first, just a quick recap. Uh, the Kings lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves 134 to 138. Uh, long story short, um, I, I feel I think basically Minnesota could not miss from three. And the Kings' defense was terrible. However, the uh, Timberwolves just Timberwolved and just let the Kings back into the game for no reason. But unfortunately, the Kings just could not catch enough breaks. Uh, 
the uh, the aforementioned three-point shooting of the Timberwolves just never cooled down. Uh, Mostly suspect is uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, four for eight from three. And Kyle Anderson, three for three from three, and two of them right at the buzzer, too. Like, it was just one of those nights. Uh, Am I wrong in just kind of that assessment? No, you're pretty much spot on. Um, It seems like the Kings defense... I'd say they they tried. I not gonna lie. It's just that we keep on leaving the last guy open, and it happens to be a good shooter beyond the arc. Uh, especially Kyle Anderson. My God, this this man did not miss. Uh, he literally didn't. Open. He missed one shot. Yeah, and the way he does his offense, it's just so. When you see it in person, it's like there's no way he could. Uh, play basketball like this because it's so slow but he just he's just so methodically like somehow good i'll call him like slow motion like luca's not fast by any means he's like slower luca is how he plays Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's just crazy to see uh someone that slow be that good on offense yeah, and one of the things I found out about King's Twitter, they do not like Kyle Anderson at all. I enjoy his game just because it's so slow, it actually works. It actually throws off your timing, but, you know, like him going three for three, granted, he's shooting a good percentage for the year, but like just over one attempt per game. It was just one of those nights, I just kind of chalk it up. Like, Anthony Edwards' two threes were pretty ridiculous. Like, he had one that was open, but one he just pulled up, like, in transition. Just one of those kinds of nights. And, you know, and the Kings' defense, I thought, like, just watching the highlights, overhelped like crazy. Like, just, you know, on drives, they, like, they get, like, a third guy over. And then the weak side rotation, like, is a step slow a lot of the time. And, you know... We got to keep bringing this up. The Kings are just so bad, especially against teams on the second night of a back-to-back. Like, these guys, like, granted, Kings are on a second night of a back-to-back, so I'm not going to criticize them as much, but their defense always allows the other team, even though they have tired legs, to just start feeling comfortable, start feeling themselves a little bit. And that's kind of what leaves them to kind of susceptible to, I guess, these kinds of teams that where while their legs are tired, their legs are still warm from from the night before. And the Kings let them get off to these hot starts and like it dooms them. Yeah, something needs to be done about this and probably won't be this season. But yeah, our defense, especially the switches and uh, like you said, (laughs) the help uh, we need to kind of see whether or not we need to help or not because i i feel like most of the times we yeah we we do not need to help we need to cover those corners for those uh three-point threats yeah and like there's one specific play in the highlights like early in like the, i think in the first quarter or like maybe early second like td helps um on anthony edwards even though some even though like barnes and sabonis were like chasing him already and i thought sabonis had him like in check and then td comes over and helps and then the guy on the weak side has to cover two guys he's a step behind and you know it never needed to be that but it is what it is um just one of those kinds of games and you know like you know the kings were due to they weren't going to win every single game 
Like, granted, they were right there despite the despite, you know, 20 for 39 from the Timberwolves. And actually, amazing enough, the Kings actually shot better from the three-point line percentage-wise, but they but they shot uh they made six less threes. Um, they had 14 as opposed to the uh, Timberwolves 20. So you know, you, you get outshot the way you did. You play as bad as defense as you did, and you were right there. That's somewhat encouraging, but yes, yeah, something does need to be done with the defense. I don't know what it is, but something. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes because so far, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I mean, it's just pure offense. I mean, our offense so far is just top notch. I mean, I guess we'll just ride on that for now and hope that Mike Brown comes up with uh, something for that defensive end. Uh, so th- another kind of theme, like hopefully this is a sign of encouragement. Kevin Herter, who's been, you know, he's not been shooting terrible, but he definitely hasn't like shot well from three and like just hasn't as has, hasn't been as, a, as effective as he is, even though I do always sing his praises about his, uh, his off the dribble game and like being able to attack inside. He had a really good game, six for nine from three, uh, 29 points. 11 for 15. I did hear in the fourth quarter, though, he did not get a lot of shots, unfortunately. Yeah, surprisingly, he didn't. Um, he was real hot starting off. Um, just so happened that uh, I don't know if he caught it. Um, there was also Kessler Edwards out there during that fourth quarter run. I, I had heard he guarded uh, Anthony Edwards very well, and he had a he had a big three to bring them within three. Like it was like kind of a quick release, not a quick release, but Anthony Edwards was right there to contest it, and he hit it. Like a lot of people, like really loved what Kessler Edwards did. Yeah, he was good. I mean, he hit that big three to uh, help us, uh, you know, get back in the game. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, his defense, I'd say, like if he loses one step, I mean, Anthony Edwards is already like ahead of you going to that room. And, like, I, I will say, like, Anthony Edwards, fi- like, finished very well this game. Does not impress me as a finisher for someone that powerful. Granted, he had the and one uh, to, to um, what's it called, put the Wolves up to four, like, to late, late in the game. Like, he, he is a beast, and there's only so much you can do, and you have to defend him as a team. And it seemed like the Kings had a bit of success, like, doubling him, like, just trapping him. But it just wasn't enough. And, uh, you know... Good on Anthony Edwards. He he finished off the Kings with that step back jumper um, uh, late in the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kessler Edwards, like credit to him. I don't know if this means anything for him, but like Mike Brown tried everything. Didn't he try PJ Dozier at one point, like just to, for somebody to play some defense? And it's just it was just one of those nights where like the the scheme the scheme was sound enough, but like the execution was a little off, and the Wolves were just so hot from three. Yeah, I would say the communication with PJ was just a little off because, I mean, he, he uh, lost a lot of guys, I'd say, uh, when he was out there. Probably because there's a reason why he didn't play for more than uh, the two minutes that he did. But, I mean, excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's just uh, we need more experience uh, out there, I guess. Yeah, overall, like, again, the Kings are not going to win every game. They, like, this was a – I don't want to say it was a stinker, but the Kings were down a lot and just did not have it, and their rhythm was a little off. But 
you know, you know what? They fought back. They were right there. They took they took advantage of the, some of the opportunities that the Wolves presented, but ultimately they fall short. And Ant is going to do Ant things. Yeah, I mean, don't get us wrong. It's they were down seventeen and came back as close as what one one. Yeah, yeah. they never led though. That that's actually a bit disappointing. They did not really. Did they? I, I, hey. I at least from falling from Twitter. They led by two, according to NBA.com. I forgot which part they probably led by early two. Probably in the game. Probably early in the game. Yeah. Let me check the game cast really quick. Yeah, it looks like the. Yeah, maybe at the beginning. Uh, yeah. But yeah, after the three point flurry from Minnesota, I mean, it just felt like yeah, we never went at all. Uh, what'd you think of the Fox foul on Conley when I think what was it with eleven seconds to go? Or like 15 seconds ago and 11 on the shot clock. What did you think of that foul? It looks uh, like he fouled him intentionally too. I thought, I mean, I mean, a foul's a foul. It felt like uh, Fox at times felt like uh, <clears throat> he should deserve a call from here and there. Um, I mean, he was pretty uh, upset with some of the no calls that he thought uh, he didn't get. But I mean... I mean, it is what it is when it comes to these kind of refs. Um, and also, it looked like him and Sabonis both kind of injured their left hand at certain points. Did you uh, notice that? Yeah, I did. They were holding it, but I mean, they played through, and they did both did pretty well. So, I I mean, hopefully, it wasn't you know something major, right? Yeah, hopefully, at least as far as I, I mean, they played through it. Like De'Aaron had to sit out the OKC game because of a sore left wrist and. You know, like the Sabonis have been battling stuff with hands. Granted, like it was his left hand this time. Hopefully, that's not an issue. But yeah, like they're they're gutting through it, and you know, credit to them. But like as far from what I heard, like Fox didn't have a great fourth quarter, and I I, I like to think like that wrist is bothering him. Uh, yeah, let's hope it's nothing uh, too serious for him to sit out for. Yeah um okay well that's that's basically all i have for the game again i couldn't watch it bong was there in person um Uh, yeah so (laughs) you know sorry for kind of the staggered uh coverage of the uh, game but we're gonna make do with what we got so yeah just to quickly finish off some of the other kings guys uh sabonis i mean in the beginning of the first half i mean he was going at rudy gobert like he wanted to get something from him like uh he tried you know posting him up which i was like oh shit <laughs> this this will either end really good or really bad and half the times were really bad but i mean he got rudy gobert at sometimes even uh drawing free fouls of uh, against him uh early on so i mean that that's something uh i would like to see from uh, sabonis at times but i felt like he did it a little too much because it was more just of him rather than, you know, facilitating an offense that we could probably make something better of, I feel. Yeah, I had heard Fugger Gobert was feeling himself a little too much. And yeah. it's, it's one of the things that, that makes me really dislike. Look, I I fully acknowledge one of the best rim protectors in the in the league, probably of all time, honestly, of how underrated he is on that end. He is also just, he's, he's, he can be schemed in the in the playoffs. And like honestly, like they maybe should have tried like Trey Lyles at the five a little bit just to fuck with him, just to fuck with him because he cannot guard guys on the perimeter. 
I know he's okay at it, but he he can be abused. But the dude just thinks he's so cool. <clears throat> like it's just one of those things where I'm just like, look, you're a very very good defensive player. You have really bad hands. Your coordination is off, like really bad, and like people laugh at you. Like it, it is what it is. People don't really respect you, even though you are like and like he is a legit rim protector. He intimidates guys, but like the the best players are not afraid of him at all. And it's just one of those things where like some self awareness would help a little bit and like maybe endear himself a little bit to his teammates as opposed to you know being him. Yeah, that's true. And it's too bad we didn't see too much Trey Lyles against um, Rudy Gobert because I felt like the spacing especially when rudy has to come out of the paint would uh benefit uh, for us but uh other than that i felt like Jaden mcdaniels and Nikhil alexander uh, guarded fox pr- pretty well i'd say for 50 percent of the time uh like i said if they get one step behind i mean fox is blowing through i i was like a few years ago when during the bubble year like De'Aaron was going off like on that scoring run one of the guys I was able to effectively slow him down and to a certain degree, almost like really not shut Fox down. You're not going to do that, but really gave him problems was Jade McDaniels. It was him and Matisse Thibel were like the only two guys where I was just like, oh God, Fox is really struggling against these guys. Yeah. And it kind of showed in this game uh, in a way like uh, Nikhil got a, like just a, what, a slap steal uh, from fox where like fox's reaction tells me he got fouled but yeah it is what it is yeah i mean if the rest don't see it i mean they're not gonna call it and it's hard to tell for me sometimes when uh you know you're at the game because you it's <clears throat> can't really see the slap that well even with the replay so yeah is what it is and one last thing, I'll just shout out Mike Conley. Just such a professional. And him him being, like, just him over D'Angelo. Even though arguably D'Angelo is maybe a better player at this point, he has chemistry with uh, with Rudy Gobert. Like, he knows how to, like, put that pocket pass in to the point where Rudy Gobert can, for the love of God, catch the ball. <laughs> and, like, you know, getting Mike Conley is big for them. And it does make me wonder, what do you think of a playoff series against this team? If they don't score this many threes like they did this game, I felt like it's going to be pretty, it'll be a pretty good one. Uh, I mean, in terms of their size, I don't think it should be a problem against us. I mean, after seeing how uh, we went at Rudy, I feel a little, you know, better in terms of uh, the matchups that we have. Uh, It's just that, the only thing I'm afraid of is if Fox gets locked up, and that's pretty much most of our offense uh, gone if uh, that's going to happen. And uh, if that's the case, I mean, we need other guys to step up if that's uh, going to happen. I will say this. In the game that they beat the Kings in, they hit 10 more threes than us, and in this game, they hit six more threes than us. I just don't see that happening. Like, their shooters are not – like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, like, his percentage is actually not bad, but it's, again, not a lot of attempts. And and then uh, – and he's not, like, historically not a great three-point shooter. And granted, I think he shot 40% the, his final year with the Jazz, but, like, he's not a great three-point shooter. Kyle Anderson, I do not trust at the three-point line at all. Granted, 
He had he had a really good game this game. But and Rudy is Rudy. And then Mike Conley could be the difference maker. But I just feel I wouldn't hate this matchup. I'll just say that. I think the Kings can ver- can can beat the Timberwolves for sure. Oh yeah, I could see that happening. It's just the little things I'm afraid of. Uh, hopefully not I, happening. And also, I think Fox, like, sure, he didn't have a great game. Again, you're still right there. Oh yeah. And I think he will play better in the clutch, like when playoff time comes along. I I'm a believer in playoff Fox. He, he's I feel he's got the killer instinct in him to really turn it up in the playoffs. Granted. You also run into Anthony Edwards in the playoffs. That's that's going to be a fun matchup. Mm-hmm. What you call it? Did you hear that interview with Anthony Edwards that he likes playing in sack? Okay, first of all, do you take that as a compliment or I, an or an insult? I know that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, that's nice. Then at the same time, I'm like, is he saying that just so? It's a pretty backhanded. It's a pretty backhanded compliment. Like, yeah. uh, unless he's coming to Sacramento, which I don't ever anticipate, he's signing that supermax. <laughs> he's signing that supermax. Like, it, I love playing in sack. Cool. Yeah, that, that's a bit of a like. Sure, because he he apparently doesn't miss. Like, I mean, granted, he he didn't he didn't shoot crazy well this game, but like, still, bit of a backhanded slap more more than it is like actually hinting that he might come to Sacramento. No, yeah. I mean, maybe it's because of the fans. Maybe because he likes the disappointment. Maybe yeah, from the fans of us losing. Look, he know. he he plays for the Timberwolves. They cannot say anything against us. They have <laughs> they had one good year. They were feeling themselves a little bit, which was last year. And then they had one year, uh, which where Jimmy Butler basically carried them to the playoffs, and then they blew it up the next season. Like they they should be they're down the dumps with us you know as Spider Man it's the Spider Man like uh what's it the Spider Man meme mm. like we're we're that kind of franchise and other than that you had KG and you fucked up his career basically to think about that yeah, yeah they are you are a poverty franchise you you do not get to make fun of the Sacramento Kings because you are right there with us oh yeah I mean well we'll see how the Wolves uh do and you know next few years i guess with this uh squad you know like think about how good this team would look with a uh, walker kessler just saying yeah. you, would, you would still have five picks which, you know we would still have a uh, malik beasley you know you, you, you could have had something there but no you, you traded for rudy gobert who I, i'm i'm pretty sure anthony edwards hates so yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll see okay um all right, let's finish uh, on this. Just, you know, uh, I guess we'll end this segment with a con- a bit of a controversy as well. John Moran's been getting into a lot of shit. So um, the Washington Post came up with a report that uh, John got into a fight with a 17-year-old where he punched the kid and apparently pulled a gun on him. Um, and then uh, there was a dispute at a mall, apparently at a finish line uh, at a mall, uh, where the an employee got into a dispute with his mom, it, Ja had to step up and got into got into a bit of a shoving match with mall security, and then there was the gun on the Instagram live. Uh, John Morant is going to miss at least two games. By the way, devastating for the Grizzlies. There, so D- Dylan Brooks is going to miss a game because of sixteen. Was it? He, I think he just got a sixteen technical, and unfortunately, really bad news. Brandon Clark tore his Achilles. 
Ooh. So, so yeah, just a just a shit ton of bad news on uh la- last night with with the Grizzlies, unfortunately. But you know, we'll, you know, hope speed recovery to um to Brandon Clark and Zach Harper put up finally, <laughs> finally the Grizzly catch a break with the uh, Dylan Brooks suspension. But let's talk about John Moran. So the the gun stuff that there, there's no defending that. That's stupid. Why? Why are you first of all? Why are you on Instagram live as much as he is? Sure, he wants to connect with the fans. He wants to like you know connect with the streets. Look, that was stupid. There's no defending that. The mall security stuff, like I don't know what happened at the finish line. Maybe the employee said something that he didn't like. Look, you gotta step up for your mom. Like if someone is dissing your mom like that, you gotta step up. Probably shouldn't have gotten gotten into it. Maybe should have should have settled it. Like. Diplomatically, I don't know what happened. And then uh, the and then the what's it called? The punching the seventeen year old. So there was a lot more to it, at least uh, from what I heard from you know the mismatch where Chris Vernon is a is a radio host that's very close to the Grizzlies. So the story was was basically they were playing a pickup game, and the seventeen year old kid and you know use I haven't seen a, vi- a picture of the kid, but apparently that's not really a kid he was taller than jaw so like the characters characterization of a kid is a bit much granted josh should not have gotten into an altercation with him but basically he threw the ball at jaw at at jaw really hard it slipped through his fingers and hit him right in the face they squared up the kid said something uh fists were thrown and then apparently the kid like threatened to kind of pull up essentially and you know, try to shoot, try to shoot up a uh, Jaws estate. So there's a bit of context there. I get it. I get. I get why like Jaw would have to like retaliate, but it, it's not a good look for him. Um, but what were your thoughts? Yeah, let's just say <clears throat> there's a, just too much <laughs> going on for Jaw for uh, a guy of his stature. I forgot what uh, Shannon Sharp said. What was it? What was the quote? He's going backwards. Yeah, well, like he's hustling well, backwards. Yeah, Lance. Uh, oh, what was his name? Like uh, the the comedian from Sacramento. He's the like instead of like the the first rapper to make it to the NBA, or like the first one, the first player from the streets to make it to the NBA from the, making it from the NBA to the streets. Like is how is how like he described it. So yeah, I mean. <sighs> I thought Jaw was way past this once he, you know, you know, a lot of players uh, get into NBA. A lot, of, a lot of people get past the idea of, you know, going backwards back into, uh, I guess, the roots. streets. Yeah. So, the streets. I mean, you don't want to risk that kind of generational wealth, especially with Jaw, with how much money he's making now. So I I feel like he needs a little more uh someone someone needs to, you know, step up and talk to him. I don't I don't know uh what you would call it, the reasonings why he would do these kind of things. I mean, like you said, I mean, uh he needs to, you know, protect his mom when with the mall altercation, but with the other two things I felt like could have been handled a lot better. <laughs> than what he has done so yeah hopefully he gets his mind straight and uh you know continues playing uh the way you know he's playing because he's what he's really one of the greatest uh 
point guards that we've seen in this game so far. Yeah, he like the the bottom line is he needs to cut down on his circle. Like if if like a lot if a lot of your circle, which seemingly reportedly is a lot of his friends actually getting into altercations and then him having to kind of come in, he needs to cut down on his circle. Look, if people are gonna do that to you and like just hurt your reputation, they're probably not worth keeping around for the most part. He needs to he again, he needs to start listening to the more mature people in his circle that you know, make probably some of them have talked to him about just some of this, some of this crap and just tell him to cut it out. He needs to listen to those people. He needs to cut down on his circle. He like, like you've made it, you've made it to the top and, you know, it, embrace that, cherish it. Don't, don't like have such a huge fall from grace where you're going to actually like risk again, as you mentioned, the generational wealth that you're going to, that you're going to be accumulating because you are you are a generational talent like don't let it go to waste like that um and also uh, what, what what was what was my other point oh yeah uh for the people that are saying like his career is over i'm sorry he's not because he's really good at basketball and until he's not really good at basketball he's gonna be fine for the most part like let, let's relax on this just this weird twitter obsession was just like Oh, this guy's life is over because he did some bad things. I hate to break it to you. The world don't work that the world don't work that way. Money talks, and until the money dries up, he'll be fine for now. If he as long as he can clean, you know, clean, clean this shit up. He's still really good at basketball, and until he isn't, ain't nothing really is gonna happen. Even the people that are saying like the two-game suspension, or at least two-game suspension isn't enough, is like a slap on the wrist. What what were you expecting? They're not going to suspend him for that much longer than that. Like, he's a star. They get star treatment. That's just how it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just how reality works. Oh, yeah. I actually do wonder if there's any staff or coaches or even players that uh, have talked to him. And not that I think about it, is there any vet players that might have a uh, commented about his uh... look i imagine stephen adams like would be mm-hmm. the guy to talk to uh, i'm pretty sure it's been done but there, there is it is a it is a lot of young guys and they they exude jaw's personality like dylan brooks like those guys like desmond bain those guys are like you know they got they play with an attitude about him and that that may not reflect on their like personal choices but that is a very kind of like you know very cocky team and like a very just kind of like out there team. And that's that's kind of exuded in that's like further amplified by what like Jaws personality, like Jaws, the leader of that team. And at a certain point, like they do need to tone it down. Like, you know, they're becoming a bit of the villains with just kind of their brashness and just their cockiness about about their entire team. And at a certain point, like you're going to need to tune that down and you're just going to need to just focus primarily on basketball and not let you know this brashness this cockiness kind of you know get get into your head and like you know spill over into your personal life even though like of course jaw's going to be a very confident player but it does get to a point where you're like it's it gets the cockiness and then it just gets the stupidity and unfortunately this kind of what this is even though again a lot of the incidents don't actually aren't actually jaw's fault if you will and but he could have handled it better but like you know, it is what it is. Like you're the face of this brand of your team. You need to do better. 
Yeah, I guess we'll see after two days. Uh, you know, what two he's games. gonna two, two games. games, two <laughs> games. Jeez, uh, to what comes out of this? Because uh, I mean, he did release a statement. Then again, I mean, I don't think which blah blah blah. I feel very bad. Blah blah blah. I'm very sorry. Blah blah blah. Yeah, which I literally just copied it from like the template. (laughs) Yeah, probably his manager like wrote it up for him to post on uh, social media. But yeah, hopefully he weaves all this uh, behind him and you know continues uh, you know being that leader for the Grizzlies because I mean. They have a good chance, I'd say, into making it big. Um, I don't know if it's this year, but I mean, we'll see. The, this is so uh, on King's Twitter to bring this back to the Kings. You know, a lot of people are like talking about like, oh, De'Aaron, he only focuses on basketball. He's a family man and all and all that stuff. Now, th- this is just me kind of like unloading on some of the original like some of the kings fans from specific especially from last year because last year people were like why why doesn't uh why doesn't um De'Aaron do do, like talk talk about basketball more talk more on twitter and then like also like why also let's not forget earlier this season it was like oh oh his wife had a baby why is he not playing games and then also, the people that are like, why is Deere not a rah-rah speech guy? Why isn't he like, I guess, more outgoing, like, and stuff like that? And that's why the team is bad. Look at how those fans have turned now. It's like, oh, he's quiet. He's just, you know, he's he's all about basketball. He's a family man. Yeah, all those fans can fuck off, <laughs> like very <laughs> kindly. Look, De'Aaron does his own thing. I'm not gonna use this to trash Ja. Ja is who he is. De'Aaron is who is his own man. But yeah, it, it is refreshing to see like De'Aaron isn't getting into any drama, like at least this season. And he's all about basketball. It's refreshing to see. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what we re- what I would really want from De'Aaron anyway. Like just don't be too oh, go on. Oh no, sorry. I was like, just there's nothing wrong with just being a quiet guy, which is what De'Aaron is. And like people just cannot accept that. It really bugged me for a long time. Yeah. I mean like his game has always been top notch. Like there's no complaint about that. I mean, maybe some people have said from last season where it's kind of like stagnated and it was he was kind of having an off season. I mean, after this season, he he seems like he's right back on top. He's a better finisher at the rim than Jaw this season. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah. Be like people think people like think Jaw's like one of the best. And he is. He's legitimately one of the best finishers I've ever seen. De'Aaron does it in a different way, not as fancy, but like De'Aaron's been amazing this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just again, like just because he was quiet and not the rah-rah guy, people like wanted him to be essentially Draymond Green almost. Like, why does <laughs> he yell at his teammates? Why does he like get on his teammates? This is not his personality. And um, like, look, leadership doesn't always have to be that either. And you know, I'm glad everything's worked out. Like getting Sabonis was so big for him because. Like, Sabonis isn't Draymond Green, but he definitely yells at his teammates to hold them accountable. And then De'Aaron does a lot more, like, just kind of, just kind of, like, calm, um, calm leadership, leadership by example, and, you know, like, you know, pumping up guys, like, behind the scenes, too. Like, leadership comes in a lot of different ways. And, you know, again, to bring it back to kind of the jaw thing, I'm glad, like, De'Aaron isn't getting into into any more drama this season. Like, last year, he had the NFT rug pull thing. 
Like other than that, like hasn't really he hasn't been engulfed in controversy. Oh yeah, I mean, do you remember that time when uh, a lot of people compared uh, Darren's game to Jaws? Oh yeah, I remember. And like, you know, look, it it, it like I didn't fully disagree with, with it at the time. Like, look, Darren was like putting up a lot of stats, but he wasn't winning. And you know, Amino Hassan was the guy that started this stuff, and like. It was what it was, and I didn't like. I, like I know this is gonna probably get me in trouble with some of King's Twitter, but like I don't hate Amino Hassan. Like he knows basketball, and he is. I I don't want to say he was. I don't want to say he was right, but like I get where he was coming from, and you know this year they're winning. They're right there with the Grizzlies, even though they just lost uh, this game. So like, you just prove it out on the court, and De'Aaron has done it this season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and God forbid. He didn't start yelling at teammates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. Okay. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to quickly talk about? Uh, I don't think so. Let's see. When is our next game? Oh, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, geez. Against yeah. New Orleans, which I'm very, very concerned. Yeah, that is going to be a tough game. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's a NBA TV, huh? NBA TV. And then the next game, TNT, baby, against oh. the red-hot New York Knicks. Mm, yeah, we'll see about that. That's I feel like the Knicks are a toss-up for uh, going against the Kings, in my opinion. Does, does Julius Randle get ejected? I, I say think, I say yes. I say yes for some reason. I don't know. I, I'm feeling it. I don't think so, but we'll see. But Julius Randle's that kind of guy that can, you know, score hot against us. Like, oh like man. last year. Like last. Oh year. my gosh, last year was a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a nightmare. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, the next game against uh the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Zion will be out. I believe they have a healthy team. Otherwise. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna look it up. I'm just too lazy to do it right now. But no, yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I've started watching uh, the Last of Us on HBO. Really good. Any anybody like that's interested, check it out. Um, you don't even have to play the game. Like it actually, it actually fleshes out. It it helps more if you watch the game because you, I mean you already know what's gonna happen, but like it really expands upon the world of Last of Us, which if you guys didn't know is like a post apocalyptic world where everyone's kind of like fighting for themselves like it, it's a very it's a very interesting universe and they expand upon that and like it's even more rewarding when you uh when you have already played the game but you eat very easily don't need like could watch it without ever playing the game and it's just and it's so still just as good yeah i actually never played the game so and i i, I, I watched it i actually never played it mm. And I, I mean, I never watched it like uh, gameplay of it either, so I don't know much about the uh, story. So I mean, I, I haven't checked out the HBO series. Then again, I haven't even finished Game of Thrones. And then again, I'm there's still also Mandalorian. Waiting. I'm still waiting on you fuckers to to just know what happens in Last of Us Two, so we so I can talk about it. I've been <laughs> sitting on that for years at this point. Oh man, I mean, we we don't. I mean, we don't have PS, uh, what you call it, fives. That, uh, that's not it. That's not it. Watch the gameplay. 
Watch your gameplay. Watch the fucking gameplay. That's what I did. Granted, honestly, I'm not that interested in the gameplay that much. Granted, I hear Last of Us 2's gameplay is a lot better, a lot more smooth. Hmm. But, but still, that ain't no excuse. Did you just watch the cutscenes or like how did you? No, the entire game. Oh, you you did the entire game. I see. Jeez, yeah that that would take. And also, and also, even if you don't have a PS5, go buy one, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not gonna watch, just buy one. It's it's only five hundred bucks. Yeah, that's maybe a playoff ticket. Probably, (laughs) Uh, probably one with a decent seat too. Yeah. Either way, uh, watch Last of Us if you, if you guys have a chance. It's good, good show. And you know, Game of Thrones is also pretty good. So, you know, you can follow along with Fong and get his thoughts. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Okay. If you don't have anything else, uh, let's call it an episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys back after the New Orleans game tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>